You're listening to the Million Praying Moms podcast, where we believe every mom is uniquely designed by God, but also a part of something much bigger than she could ever be alone. We're authors and moms, Erin Mooring and Brooke McLaughlin, and we're here to help you make prayer your first and best response to the challenges of parenting. Tune in each week to real life conversations with the experts about real issues Christian parents face today. If you're ready to learn practical ways to focus on Christ as you seek wisdom and hope for the difficult job of raising children in today's world, you're in the right place. Let's dive in. Hey there, friends. You're listening to episode number 56 of the Million Praying Moms podcast, where we talk about the real issues Christian parents face today and help you make prayer your first and best response to the challenges of parenting. My name is Erin Mooring. And I'm Brooke McLaughlin. And for today's episode, the very first one that we've done in 2021, we thought it would be a good idea to do an episode to refresh our memory on why praying for our kids and really just prayer in general is so important. If you've been a Christian for a long time, it can be easy to get lazy or too familiar with foundational Christian disciplines like prayer. We say to ourselves, of course, prayer is important. Duh, I know that. (laughs) And then we get distracted by life and forget to make it a priority. We have all been there, me included. If that describes you, someone who truly does know that prayer is very important, but has maybe let life get in the way of making it a part of your everyday experience, this show is for you. Absolutely. Okay, guys. So before we jump into today's show, we wanted to make sure and invite you to something very special. And that is to join Million Praying Moms, our entire community, as we kick off our 2021 with a challenge to pray more deeply for our sons and daughters. Girl Moms, you're invited to join our five-day Praying for Girls Challenge, and you're going to cover your girls in five key areas, identity, heart, mind, relationships, and purpose. Boy moms, you're invited to join our five-day praying for boys challenge and pray the armor of God from Ephesians 6, 10 through 18 over yourself. You're going to learn how it applies to you first and then learn to pray it over your boys. Yes. I love that so much. So that's right. You can actually choose which prayer challenge to join based on whether you want to pray for your sons or your daughters or Some of you have both. We don't have that experience, but some of you have the joy of having both. So you can choose both. And we are kicking off this mega prayer challenge event the week of January 25th. We're personally inviting you to join us. Just visit bitbit.ly forward slash praying for girls and boys. (laughs) That's easy to remember, right? (laughs) To get signed up. Yes, we're super excited about that. If you want to go through this prayer challenge alone, no problem. We totally respect the privacy of your prayer closet for your own family. All you need to do is visit bit.ly slash praying for girls and boys. And we will go back and add that link in uh, just above this video for you so that you can have it easily. And we'll also put it in the comments. So you go there and you get signed up for the challenge of your choice, or you can do both. As Aaron mentioned, you'll receive a welcome email right away with a detailed explanation of what you can expect in the challenge. Yeah. And if you'd like to go through this prayer challenge with a group of like-minded moms, like us right here, (laughs) all you need to do is join our Million Praying Moms Circle. We'll begin walking through both challenges inside of our private circle Facebook group 
on January 25th, and we would love to have you in there. Visit bit.ly forward slash praying for girls and boys to learn more about becoming a member of the circle. Okay, Erin, let's go ahead and kick off today's episode by going back to the very basics. As we mentioned in the beginning, there is much to pray about in our world today. However, I have really been feeling like, and you and I have talked about this, that one of the best ways as a mother, as a woman of God, that we can kick off our uh, new year is to really focus on praying God's word for our kids. So we want to get back to the basics and we thought it would be nice to take a second to answer a very simple question. And that is why should we pray for our children? Now, a lot of you watching this have been with Aaron and I from the beginning, and you already know the answer to that question. But as we alluded to in the beginning, we, we feel like sometimes the things that we have known for years become commonplace, and then they don't get the priority that they need in our lives. And we have, we have all had a lot to juggle in the last, well, really 12, nine to 12 months. We've all, we've all had a lot on our plates, a lot to absorb. And so we want to get back to the basics. Why should we pray for our children? So let's take a look at a passage that is buried in the Old Testament book of Judges. It's the story of Samson. And I love the story of Samson. I learned about it in in Sunday school as a kid. And if you grew up in church, you probably did too. The story of Samson has long been used as a perfect illustration of how God can literally do anything or use anyone to accomplish his will. Samson was not always a good dude, right? Like he did, he, he did good things. And in the end, um, you know, accomplished what God wanted him to accomplish, but he's not known as a pillar of holiness in, in the old Testament, even though he had a clear call of God on his life, which helps us to remember that God can do whatever he wants with whomever he wants. So we know the story of Samson. We know he had Uh, tremendous strength. We know that the source of his strength was his hair. We knew he took a Nazarite vow. Um, We know a little bit about his downfall, but the lesser known part of that story is the story of Samson's parents. Did you know that Samson's mother, much like Mary, the mother of Jesus, was visited by an angel to announce his birth? Yeah, we don't hear about that very much, do Mm -hmm. we? No. No. And I love when we dive into Old Testament things like this, because I feel like there's always these little things that we miss when we just tell the story rather than looking at the whole of scripture of his life. And that's, this is an important part. It is. And I know it brings out your inner Bible nerd. To do oh my that. gosh. Like, That's what I was just going to say. <laughs> I was just going to say, I need to go read this in every translation and look at the commentaries and see what does this mean? <laughs> exactly. I remember when I first saw that, I was like, none of my, and God bless my Sunday school teachers when I was growing up, they did a fantastic job of teaching me about the Bible, but I don't ever remember hearing anything about Samson's parents. So let's look back in in Judges 13. It says there was a certain man of Zorah of the tribe of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and had no children. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, behold, you are barren and have not born children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. So there you have it. We have another mother in scripture who was blessed with the news of a birth by an angel of the Lord. But the interesting part of this to me is what comes in verse eight of chapter 13. The husband Manoah says, praise 
prayed to the Lord and said, Oh Lord, please let the man of God, referring to the angel, whom you sent come again and teach us what we are to do with the child who will be born. I love that. I mean, Samson's dad is basically crying out to God and begging him to help them know what to do with the promised child, which I kind of feel like <laughs> we do that out of desperation. Yes. But how many of us were praying that before our kids were even born? I did not. I thought, I, I'm going to have this baby and know what to do with it. <laughs> you know, I mean, I was not one of those people growing up that was like, I did not necessarily love babysitting. I did oh. it. And I loved the kids that I babysat. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I wasn't that person that wanted to babysit all the time. Um, and even now, like, I'm not one of those people that's like, give me all the babies. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I love babies and I loved my own babies, but I'm just not that person. And that, I think that's okay it is. <laughs> to well, confess that I was the opposite of you because I, I'm as not soon at all as surprised. I was allowed to hold a baby. <laughs> I was holding babies. And as soon as I was allowed to babysit, I was babysitting (laughs) and senior, you know, like senior votes of like, what do they call them? Senior superlatives Superlatives, or whatever voted would make the best mom. So I, I I had, I had a lot of confidence going in there You did, and and that was like shot down right away. (laughs) That's funny. Well, I don't know that my confidence came from the same place. I think I was just woefully secure in my ability to figure things out, but Ah, it did not take long for me to begin praying, Lord, help me know what to do with this child or these children. It Mm -hmm. just didn't take me that long. So, you know, I think that God, I think it's safe to say, if we could look at that old Testament story and try and apply what God is doing there to our own lives, I think it's safe to say that God wants us to do the same thing with our kids. You and I might not have been visited by an angel of the Lord to announce their birth. Nope. I don't frankly nope. know anyone else other than Manoah's <laughs> wife and Mary who were visited by angels of the Lord. You know, our children might not be blessed with supernatural strength um, and their lives might only be known to a few people and not to the masses, they probably will not be taught about in Sunday school. Um, But the impact that our children's lives can have on those around them is no less profound than what Samson's life was. And I think that God expects us to ask him and maybe even sometimes beg him, which is kind of the posture, the feel that I get from, from Manoah, Lord, please send the angel back and tell us what we're supposed to do with this kid. Um, so that we can know how to raise our children. So that kind of answers the question, why should we pray? Well, there's all kinds of examples of it all through scripture. Yes, exactly. So we know we're supposed to, we've already established that and we know why even, but what does it look like? And what is prayer um, both practically and from a personal level? Mm -hmm. And how do we do it? How do we ask God for help in raising our children because a lot of us want to and know we should pray, but we get lost in the how, mm-hmm. how, yeah. so let's make a list. And why don't you kick us off? I'd love, love to, to hear what, what prayer is to you and, and how it looks in your life. Yeah, absolutely. So I think there are some things that are foundational to this discussion on what prayer is and what it looks like. And one of those for me, as I have learned about prayer is that 
at its very base level, prayer is admitting that we have a need that only God can meet. Mm -hmm. If we are not in a place where we can acknowledge that we can't do this on our own and that we need outside divine help, then I'm not, I'm just not sure that we're ever going to be inspired to have a deeper prayer life. Mm -hmm. So at, again, on that foundational level, it's admitting that we have a need that only God can meet and asking him to intervene in our lives and help us. Which is so countercultural. Oh yes. Like to be able to admit that you have a need, there are so many of us that want to just think we can do it on our own. And in that vein, for me, what that looks like is being able to move my brain from, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. And that is important to be able to say, but it's also important to not be stuck in the, I can't do this. You know what I mean? There's a difference in a declaration of, I can't do this. So something else needs to happen versus a, I can't do this. I'm defeated. Prayer for me moves my brain from that. I can't feeling and declares to God, I can't do this and moves it to he can moves it to God can because mm-hmm. everything that we are supposed to do or that, that he has in the plans for us and are for our children he can accomplish. Amen. And that's where the hope and the peace comes in. Yeah. When we take right. our eyes off of ourselves and we mm-hmm. put them on the God who can, right. then we get to be filled with hope. And I just, I thought it would be fun as you were talking, Aaron, you and I both, like you, you thought you were super prepared for motherhood. Mm. You were even voted that in <laughs> school, <laughs> which is amazing. Um, I thought I was prepared for totally different reasons because I had always been able to accomplish goals and figure things out on my own. But for us, for the two of us, it really was motherhood that caused us probably for the first time in a really profound way to say, I can't, but God can. So I'm wondering for how many people that are listening today, would you just type in the comments? Is, is that your experience? How many Mm -hmm. people today could say it was motherhood that made you realize really for the first time in a significant way or in a more significant way than you had before, how much you needed God, how much you needed his mm. help. I'm just curious if, if it's yeah. just us or if it's oh. a lot of people, I think it's a lot of people. And can I give a couple examples? Cause I was just thinking, you might be thinking like, like I can't do what, because some, some people are still in that place of like, well, I can do this. I, yeah. I've got this. Um, but for me, things like I can't come up with the right words for uh, for that situation where my child sees evil, I don't have, I don't have the words to explain that to them and to help them see God in it. But every time I've asked for it, God has given me a way to open that discussion and blown me away. Like we don't come away completely understanding it because let's be honest, God is a God that is beyond our thinking, but every single time it has opened a good discussion with my children. When I have asked God to help me tackle that, because otherwise I hide (laughs) and run away. I can't have this conversation because it's too, you know, whatever. And then we move to that. So, yeah, absolutely. I think it can be those everyday moments 
where you encounter something that you just don't know, like you just don't have the, the inner knowledge. Maybe you haven't walked with God long enough, or you don't have enough knowledge of his, um, uh, you know, what his word says or things like that. You don't know how to answer the hard questions, but uh, it also could be for me, there was this very real, especially when the boys were little, um, there was this very real sense of just, I don't think I have what they need, like period. I don't think I have what it takes to be able to raise the kind of boys that I want to raise. So it was, you know, it is that, it is that every like, you know, moments as they come up, and believe us, as as uh, moms that have teenagers in the house now, those get harder as they get older. But it also can be just this overall sense of I'm really just not sure I have what it takes for this. Um, and that was my experience. I, I never felt like I had enough energy for them. I I never really knew. You know, it was difficult. They were hard to handle boys. It was difficult for me on that level too. So you know, it just is this place where. And again, if that, if that's you, if motherhood was your place, we'd love for you to, um, to tell us that as well. Cause I think it probably is the place for a lot of people. Um, the next thing for me is I think that sometimes we overcomplicate what prayer is. And I, I want to be really clear there because prayer is not necessarily an easy topic Like I've read a lot of books on prayer now and people, men and women, both who are way smarter than I am, who have walked with the Lord for way longer than I have and have studied the Bible in, in much more depth than I have, will still tell you that they have lots of questions about prayer, about why it works and why we're supposed to do it and, and those kind of things. But if we could narrow it down just a little bit to the fact that prayer is really just talking to God. And, and instead of maybe asking, well, why should we talk to God? We could rephrase that or reframe that as we get to talk to God. It's not so much a question of what do my prayers actually do? It's that it's a relationship between us and our creator that he has made possible. It's, it's both a relationship issue and an obedience issue. We get to do it and we're told to do it. And it's really just talking to him. It's just really talking to the person that created you. And so if we could set aside the complicated nature of prayer for just a moment and boil it down to the basics, I think for me, that's a big one. Yeah. And when we think of prayer in that relational sense, for me, that helps remind me that I'm not alone because when we think of prayer as transactional, Like that's, I mean, that might sound very like clinical and like dry, but a lot of us approach prayer in a transactional McDonald's drive. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm going to ask for this and he's going to give it to me or he's not. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to be mad. That type of thing. When we think of prayer as talking to God, it reminds us that we are in relationship with him because we are sharing our heart with him. Sometimes our prayers are not even asking him for anything. It's just laying our heart out to him, which have been some of the most powerful prayers for me because I just needed to like lay it all out there. I just need to lay it all all out there and bring light to it. Even if it is just with the Lord and not to other people. And for me, that reminds me that I'm not alone. 
um, even if you're feeling, if even if you are physically alone, like nobody else is there or you're feeling emotionally alone, when I think of prayer as a relational thing and in relationship to um, how Jesus sees me and cares for me and everything, it helps remind me that I am not alone in my parenting journey or whatever else may be happening. And that feels different than just coming to him and saying, I need this. I want this. I, you know, why aren't you doing this? So I love that reminder that it's just talking to him, you know, and it's a two-way street because you might not hear an audible voice, but I know that when I share that stuff, I feel not alone. And I know that's because he's there with me. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say even to take that a step further, if you're concerned that God is not speaking back to you, the scriptures tell us that the main way that God speaks to us today is through his son and the way that his son communicates with us as, you know, the scripture calls him the word is through the word. So um, if you're concerned, if you're pouring out your heart and you feel like um, God's not saying anything back, it could be that you're not spending any time in the word because Mm -hmm. that's the way that God speaks to us. Um, And I I like Erin, what you said about it being a two-way street. And that is that, you know, as much as we get to speak to him and feel like we're not alone, we know that we're not alone in this world. It also means listening to him and, and listening back and not just being like, you know, blurt it all out and, you know, put your ticket in, pull it out and move on. And as you read the scriptures and as you pray the scriptures, those scriptures will begin to weave themselves into the very fabric of your life. God's word tells us to hide, hide God's word in your heart so that when you need it, you have it. And so as you begin doing that, it becomes a part of who you are. And then when you need it, you have it. So it's, it's listening back to what God's saying to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say that early on, I, I became, um, I gave my life to Jesus when I was 19. Sorry. <laughs> like do the, do the, it was 20 years last, um, last summer. And some of my best teachers at the time advocated deeply for praying before you read the scriptures yes. for God to reveal his heart to you. And I will tell you that it is very different to read a story in the Bible or a passage in the Bible just to, just to read it, just to sit down and read it than it is to like actually ask God before you start, show me what you have for me today. There are things that have jumped out to me in very different ways when I've asked that. And it's, it's not like this long 10 minute prayer before I open the Bible. It's simply just Lord speak to me through your word today, you know, and it, as much as anything puts me in the, the frame of mind to be paying attention to those nudges, those things that you're like, Oh, wait, I have never read that before. Wait a second. Or that has never quite resonated. It happened to me this morning. Like, (laughs) honestly, I was reading a passage in a different translation than I normally do. I mean, cause Go if, figure. <laughs> yeah, if you've, if you've been around here, that's very on brand for me, but it was like, whoa, it, I mean, it had that direct effect of, whoa, I have not 
digested it that way before. And that is how God speaks to us. And when you're in relationship and when you're actively talking and also actively paying attention, I mean, listening to God is also partially paying attention to when he's nudging you to when he's showing you something new, it, it changes things. It really does. And when you get to know him really well, when you've spent years praying and listening and putting all of this into practice, you begin to know with more certainty when it's God who's nudging you. In the beginning, you're, I, I've had a lot of people ask me over the years, how do you know that this is God leading you? Like, God doesn't talk to me the same way he talks to you. And I think to myself, yes, he does. You just haven't learned to recognize it. There's nothing special about the way God talks to me. There's nothing special about the way God talks to Aaron or anybody else that, that would tell you that they really have learned to discern the voice of God. The key words there are learned to discern. Mm -hmm. It takes time to to learn to discern, even as it is in any relationship that you have. If you have a new relationship, like, you know, my husband and I have been married for, um, it'll be 19 years this year. And I know him really well. You know what I mean? Like, I know his nuances. I know his, I know his facial expressions. I know his tone of voice. I know when he's getting ready to get mad versus, you know, when he's getting ready to make a joke. Like there, there are things about him that I, I could predict and be right every time. But in the beginning of our relationship, that was not the case. Mm -hmm. It takes time for you to get to know someone enough that you can really make a judgment call based on what you feel like they're saying to you. Yeah. And in that same vein, um, I'm, I'm hearing kind of us allude to this a lot, that prayer is very personal um, in the same way that your parenting is very individualized to your family and your, you know, how you were brought up and, and where you live and what is important to your family. Prayer is the same. Like I, don't think Brooke and I pray and approach prayer in the exact same way. And Mm -hmm. you won't either. So trying to fit it into, we're trying to give you like general ideas of what prayer is and not a, like, this is how prayer looks for every single person on the planet because it doesn't. And it says in the Bible, I mean, we have example after example of God speaking to people in completely different ways because that is how he could get their attention because they are an individual that he created in a certain way. And that's the same thing. So when I say that I feel like God speaks to me a lot, when I study the word, when I pick it apart, when I know all that, like that's not, that might not be the same thing for you. And so prayer is the same. Like you may be a short, sweet, pray a million times during the day, one word prayers, or you might be someone who sits in your prayer chair for an hour just listening and, and being, you know, with the Lord, it's not the same for everyone. So when we're talking about this, like think about how God has led you to pray in the past. And that's probably a good example of how he wants you to pray moving forward. You know, like not asking you to change who you are. He created you that way for a reason. So it's, it's very personal. And relationship with him is very personal and will look like something different for each person. Yeah. I love that. That's really very true. I always say when I'm praying for someone, 
sometimes I'll pray for someone and I don't really feel like I know what to pray for them or, or how to pray for them. Um, And I have gotten in the habit of over the years of saying, Lord, I know that, you know, Susie Q's heart better than I do because you created her heart. And so please speak to her heart in the way that she can receive it. Mm -hmm. Um, That kind of thing. So I think that's just right on par with what you were saying. One of the, the other, I guess I would say, in some ways, this particular um, definition of prayer might require a little bit more maturity in the Lord than some of the others. But I think it really, it builds on the very first one that we said, which is prayer was admitting that we have a need. Erin, um, you and I keep coming back to, in interesting ways, this deeper study that we did on the Lord's Prayer in 2020. And I know that it impacted both of us, um, but I really believe that prayer is believing that God is good and that his plan is better than our plan. And I want to go back and just mention, you know, when we're praying the Lord's prayer, we are asking God to build his kingdom, not our kingdom. And you alluded to this a minute ago, Aaron, that that sometimes we get told no, and then we decide that we get mad at God. Um, We'll say he's not answering us or he's not doing what we want, but, but isn't no an answer no is an answer. And it it helps us to remember that God is doing something so much bigger than what's happening in our small little world right now. And if we can hang on to the fact that God is good, no matter what happens, no matter if he answers yes or no, no matter if he says, wait, no matter if he says, I've got something completely different in mind for you no matter if he says this is going to hurt, if we can hang on to the fact that God is still good, then I think that sets us up for a much more rich and vibrant prayer life. And that's not always an easy thing to do. So I wrote about this on Instagram the other day. Sometimes personally, I have gotten caught up in the idea that the God who can is also sometimes the God that says no or chooses not to. And we have to somehow reconcile that in our mind Mm -hmm. that God can do anything we, anything he wants to and anything we want him to, but that doesn't mean he's going to. And just because he doesn't, doesn't mean he's not good. Yeah. I think being a parent helped me understand this more than anything Yeah, because I have two examples. Number one, your kid will ask you for something. And you will say no. And they're almost always, 100% of the time, you are not saying no to be mean. You are saying no because it is the best thing for them. Right? I mean, we can think of reasons. Like, I can tell you about a conversation last night that happened in our home about that. Right. I won't. I'm sorry. (laughs) You are not eating ice cream when it's five, five minutes past bedtime because sugar rush, sleep, whatever, you know? Okay. So that's one example. No is usually said because there's a good reason behind it and it's for their good. And Mm -hmm. parents know that better than anyone. But the other thing is sometimes God does say, doesn't say yes. He has us walk through something and we get the yes might be on the other side of that, Mm -hmm. but we are so hesitant to go through something. So here's my, here's my example. This was me as a kid. One Christmas, um, 
we there had been some discussion about uh getting a computer which is like a really big deal at the time and um I don't think we were ever, we were never promised it, but there was, you know, how you talk about things in the house, like, oh, it'd be nice to have that, whatever. And one on Christmas Eve morning, I think it was, or I may be remembering this totally wrong, but what happened was my parents asked my sister and I to go down and clean up the basement. And we threw a holy fit, like we did. I'm embarrassed now, I mean, obviously, but we were so mad and I don't know if it was because something else was promised or we thought we were going to be doing something fun and they were like, but first go clean up the basement, whatever. And we, we threw a fit. We really did. It was, it was bad. And eventually we obeyed and went down to do it. And what was down there, a new computer all set up. Oh man. You know, and that's such a picture for me of God saying like, I need you to walk through this. There's something and there being something on the other side, but we are so stuck in the Mm -hmm. bad or the no that we refuse to walk through it. Yeah. And that's on the other side. And I, um, and prayer can help us keep that perspective in mind that he Mm -hmm. is doing everything for our good. Mm -hmm. And, And really for me, the perspective thing is hopeless, bad, um, you know, evil, a, a mind focused on all of those things being changed to hopeful and knowing he is good. He's always, always, always good. And that whatever he's asking me to do, there is, there's hope in that there's, there's my good and his glory on the other side mm-hmm. of that. It never ceases to amaze me that I can come to the word of God and my time in prayer so negative, so distraught, so worried. And yet when I leave, I can be full of peace Mm -hmm. and hope and trust. And it's amazing to me that God's word has that much power in my life, but it does. Which makes you realize why it says pray always. Yeah. (laughs) Like, Like, Hmm, I gotta get that figured out because right. if I feel the way that way at the end of sitting down to pray. I would really love to feel that way all the time. <laughs> yes, absolutely, man. I know it's just such a great. That's a great illustration of of the power of just staying connected, staying connected to God. Um, I love that. Well, the last one that I want to share, and I I believe Erin, yours kind of yeah fits in nicely with it this does. one as well. Um, I decided a few years ago, and I don't think I, I didn't coin this particular phrase. I want to say it might've been Billy Graham or I don't know, we've got it on our Instagram as a quote somewhere, but I think, um, I think somebody like Billy Graham said, prayer is the work. Mm, amen. And, and I think that's so true. I, years ago, before I had even heard that quote, I said, prayer is my entire parenting plan. It is. I don't have anything else. Like if I've learned anything from this parenting gig, it's that I often, I could even say most of the time, don't know what to do or how to respond or what the right words are or how to shepherd my children. Um, Most of the time, even as a mom of, of a kid getting ready to turn 16, I've been doing this a little while now. 
I think every day he gets older, I learn, I know less about what to do in some ways, in some ways I know more. And in some ways I know less using prayer as my parenting plan. And you've, you spoke about this too. There are these moments when we just don't know what to say. We can go to God and say, what do I do? You know, I think of a time just the other day when my oldest son and I were um, in the car alone together, driving somewhere. I think it was, it was a long conversation and we were, we were in the car for about an hour together. And I remember I was hearing him talk and I thought, I don't know how to answer this question. And while he was still talking, I, in my head, not out loud, because I didn't want to interrupt him, just said, Lord, please help me know what to say. Please give me the right answer for him. And that's the benefit that we have as believers, that access to the Lord whenever we need it. It's, it's so you know, treating your parenting that way is so life-giving and hopeful because most of the time, I don't know what to do or say to make it right or to point them in the right direction, but God can. And and I just can't think of a time. I've done that so many times. Lord, please help me to know what to do right now. Please help me to know what to say right now. I can't think of a time that God didn't meet that request with what I needed. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe Maybe it went on for a while. Maybe I was able to answer the question then and then had to circle back later as we, you know, as the Lord gave me more, but the Lord has never left me high and dry when I have asked him to give me wisdom in the moment. And so for that reason, I have decided that prayer is it. That's my whole parenting plan. That's Mm -hmm. it. That's all. That's all I've got for you. Yeah. And, and it changes things. I feel like in, prayer being your parenting plan is less exhausting. Oh, it is. Because it's not all about you. Yes. Yeah. So I was just thinking, um, you know, my last point went right along with what you were going to say, which is prayer breathes, prayer breathes new life and energy into your parenting because it's not all on your shoulders. And like, when that is your plan, it is less exhausting. It is you see things through, you know, different, different eyes through a different lens. And I was just thinking, I'm a huge fan of the lazy genius. I don't know if you know about the lazy genius, but um, I, I will speak her praises of how to be basically it's what matters most to you. Be a genius about those things. The things that don't get them done, but be lazy about it. Find a efficient, quick Mm -hmm. way to get through that. Two of her things came to mind for me. She has a principle of decide once about something. So like for her, it looks like on Mondays, I'm going to wear this certain outfit and then I don't have to think about it. Like whatever. What if you decided once that any time fear or doubt or worry about your kids creeped into your mind, you were just going to say, God help. Like, what if you just decided that right now, that when you felt overwhelmed, mm-hmm. when you felt worried that you were just going to say those two words, Jesus, help me. Or, you know, like, what if you decided that right now, how much would that energize you and make you realize it's not all on you, you know? And the other thing she says is do things in the right order. And not everything has an exact right order, but the right order for me is starting my day in prayer and with Jesus so that everything else that happens through it is through that lens and not through a lens of the bad news in the world or this kid's certain crisis or whatever. 
are you doing things in the right order? Are you going to Jesus first before you panic? Are you going to Jesus first before you try and, you know, fight it out with this kid over something like the right order is him first prayer first before any of those things. And that will give you more life and energy in your parenting. I guarantee it Mm -hmm. because you won't be thinking like this as much. You won't be thinking about Mm -hmm. the weight on your shoulder as much. You'll be thinking about all that he has to offer you as a parent. Yes. And I would even say, don't hide that process from your children. The other day, our, um, our family had a heated disagreement about something between my husband and I were on the same page and my children were not there with us. And it got a little bit heated um, in our kitchen and we were getting ready to need to leave. And so my younger son and I were getting ready to leave. My older son was staying with his dad and we get in the car and my emotions were already rattled. Like we were, it had been heated and we don't get super heated a lot, but when we do it's heated. And so (laughs) I was already on like high emotional alert. Right. And so he gets in the car with me and we had not even pulled out of the driveway and he wanted to start talking about it again. And I said, wait, give me a minute to calm down and I'm going to pray for a few minutes. I need you to wait until I'm in a better frame of mind and then we'll come back to this and we'll talk it through. But you've got to give me a minute because I am not where I need to be and I need to get there before we talk more. So it was it was this, you know, demonstration to him that you don't have to let your emotions lead everything. You can in that moment pray and ask God to come and help. And so I hope that that, you know, modeling for our children is so important. So don't be afraid to say to your kids, mama, mama needs to go pray. I need a minute to go and and get right with the Lord myself. And then we'll come back and talk about this. So it really can do exactly what you said and breathe new life and energy into your parenting. Prayer gets a bad rap for being a passive thing. And it's not. And our kids need to, our kids need Mm -hmm. to know the power of it and know how much we need it as opposed to how much someone should do it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like we don't want our kids to do things of faith because they should, we want them to experience it themselves. And when we show them that it's a need and not a should in our life, that Mm -hmm. changes them as well. And it's, it it also, it's not weak. It's not weak to say, I need to pray about this, or I'm asking God for this, or can you please pray for me? You know, all of that. That's not weak. There's power in that. And our kids need to see it. Amen. Well, that, that is a fantastic note to end our show on. I think, um, this guys will, this episode will be live, um, on our million praying moms podcast sometime over the next few days. So if you want to share it with someone, or if you're just tune it in with us at the very end and you'd rather hear it on audio, you can check that over the next few days. It'll be live. And as always, you can visit millionprayingmoms.com to see our show notes, which will include a free download of the list that we just shared. Now I will tell you, for those of you who are live with us right now, it's not ready yet. So just pump the brakes. (laughs) It'll be a few hours before it's ready, but you can circle back and put it on your calendar to circle back and grab that. We'll have that ready for you very soon. Yeah. And don't forget to get signed up for the free 
praying for girls and boys prayer challenge. It's such a great jumping off point. If you're like, okay, I want to do this. I need this, not should I need, Mm -hmm. I need this in my life. It's such a great jumping off point. And you know, you'll be doing it with a bunch of other um, moms. So go to bit.ly forward slash praying for girls and boys. And remember, this is a challenge for boy moms, girl moms, and both. You can sign up for both of them and it won't be too much. I want to like, I want to, I want to reassure the moms of both that are like, ah, two prayer challenges at the same time. You'll be fine. Take a breath. It'll be good. (laughs) Yes. We will start praying January 25th and we would love to have you stand with us in prayer for our children. All right. Bye guys. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of the Million Praying Moms podcast. You can connect with other praying moms by following us on Instagram at Million Praying Moms or in the Million Praying Moms community at millionprayingmoms.com, where you'll find links and show notes for each podcast episode. And remember, with each new episode, we offer five free scripture-based prayers based on that show's topic. Simply visit www.millionprayingmoms.com and sign up to get yours sent to your inbox right away. Till next time. Hey there, it's Carly Mercoulier, host of Therapy and Theology, a weekly podcast that explores popular topics and questions related to faith, feelings, and spiritual formation. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.